Hello, friends. We have another exciting episode of the Second Phase podcast today, and today I have Nancy Vanderswand with me. Nancy is an accredited staging professional. She combines creativity, pragmatism, good humor, and compassion to help relieve the stress often associated with moving. She works with both realtors and individual home sellers to stage homes to sell fast and for top dollar. Have you ever wondered about personal branding and what it actually is? Have you ever been curious about personal branding photography? Well, in my Brand Insider lookbook, I have all the answers for you. The lookbook includes everything you need to know about personal branding photography, how to overcome the fear of being in front of the camera, how to prepare for a photo shoot, and even how to choose a photographer. At the end of the lookbook, we even have a whole series of different poses and looks and ideas so that you can use those resources to create your shot list for the next time you have a branding photo shoot. To learn more and to download the free lookbook, visit my website, www.robingrahamphotography.com forward slash resources. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a personal branding expert and photographer. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about personal branding and life in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was terrified to put myself out into the world. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Wherever you are listening today, be sure and pause for just a minute and leave a review. Your ratings and reviews are what help the word spread about the show. If you find the information presented in the podcast helpful, please share it with friends and others and leave that review so that others can find us too. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. So I have had the really fantastic experience of working with Nancy a few different times over the past several years and gotten to know her. And I love her personality. She brings a lot of life into any room. Nancy, welcome. Thank you very much, Robin. I'm delighted to talk to you anytime. So this is great (laughs) that you you invited me to join you to talk about one of my favorite things uh, other than my daughter, and that's home staging. Well, I'm super excited to have you because I didn't know a lot about home staging before we started working together last year. And it's amazing the statistics that are out there and that you've shared with us or and my team. And I really want people to be aware of that um, because I think it's important. And I think, you know, moving is very stressful. So before we jump into all of that, tell us a little bit more about you. And what was your first phase? And tell us a little bit more about just you as a person. 
Okay. Gosh, another thing I hate talking about. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I am uh, a woman of a certain age. I'm a very young 57. I have a daughter who's a freshman at a local university. And my background has nothing to do with staging. I wanted to major in musical theater a million years ago, and my parents said no. So I chose what for me was the next best thing, which was something communications related. So I majored in journalism. And after going to college, I went down to the Washington, D.C., Virginia area and worked in communications for a couple of nonprofits. Uh, around the mid-80s, I moved up to the Philadelphia area to work in communications for a pharmaceutical company and uh, ended up at uh, Merck and Company, where I worked in corporate communications and human resources communications, primarily helping senior management and uh, the executive committee communicate important things to the employee populations around the world. I left to go to Allied Signal in Morristown, New Jersey, and thought I'd be there for quite a while, but after only a year, my now ex-husband was given the opportunity to head up uh, a function for an international pharmaceutical company, so I got the chance to live in Switzerland for three years. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, after that I moved back and uh, through God's grace was able to get pregnant and had my daughter and then spent a number of years staying, quote unquote, staying home with her, but I didn't really stay home with her. I was active the entire time. I really believe in giving back to the community. So when Jillian started elementary school, I got trained by Network of Victim Assistance in Bucks County as a volunteer sexual assault counselor. And I've been active in NOVA in various functions ever since. I started a preschool for a former church with uh, a small committee of other people. Um, I volunteered at the James A. Michener Art Museum. And um, that was kind of my life uh, for a few years. And then my interest in interior design and decorating, uh, which had always been kind of a, a hobby of mine, turned into more of a passion. So I started at friends' requests doing home decorating for them. Um, I love creating warm, welcoming spaces for people. I love helping people imbue their personalities into their homes. So I really found a niche for myself there on a part-time basis. And one day a friend of mine who was a realtor said, you know, you're good at the decorating, but I'll bet you you'd be great as a home stager. So I investigated it and back in 2010, I took an accreditation course and became educated and knowledgeable about the issue of home staging. And it's been a passion and a part-time project of mine ever since. My daughter just went off to a local university. She's a freshman and I thought now I can finally take what has been a part-time business to a full-time business. So that's kind of my trajectory so far. And there's only one thing I think you forgot to mention. What is and that? And that was your acting. Uh, well, that's another passion of mine. You're right. Um, 
I had wanted to major in musical theater. My parents said no, so I got involved in communications. I jumped on the corporate uh, career track train. I rode that for a number of years. Then I focused on family and volunteerism, but I had been an, an enthusiastic supporter of the local arts for many years. And in around 2016, I was watching a friend on stage at a community theater and I thought to myself, wait a minute, why are you watching other people on stage doing something that you've always wanted to do? So about four days later, there was an audition for another local theater in the area. I just Googled auditions in Bucks County. Uh, I went to the audition. Uh, I auditioned and I got a pretty big role. And so I've been in two productions there. I've been in and I've even been at Manhattan Repertory Theater for two uh, spring play competitions written by playwrights. So I've had the opportunity to tell people I've acted on Broadway without really acting on Broadway. But I love it. You're right. I should have mentioned it because it is so much a part of who I am now. Well, and I wanted to bring that up because I think when a lot of people are moving into the second phase or they're trying to find their passion or what they're going to do next, they may come, be able to come up with something, but then there are all of these other struggles and frustrations. Like, what do I name my company, and mm -hmm. how how do I how do I proceed? And so, the name of your company is Staging Craft. And so, you merged your two passions, acting and staging, and put mm -hmm. them together to come up with your name. And I just think it's creatively brilliant. So, I wanted to well, showcase that. And in the interest of full disclosure, I have to kind of give credit to Barbara Schwartz, who is kind of the founder and grand dam of home staging. Back in 1972, Barb, who was a realtor at the time, was having trouble helping some of her sellers uh, understand how important it was to get their homes ready for sale in a particular way. When she told them that uh, getting your house ready for sale is akin to setting a stage for a theatrical performance, uh, all of a sudden she said she saw a light bulb go off over their heads. So however many years later it is now, 30, 40, I'm not a math major, um, I have taken that um, and done it and uh, renamed my company named my company staging craft and a more kind of a, a literal homage to her because I tell people setting the stage for selling your home is as important to telling the story of your house as designing a set for a play when you anybody who's seen a play or even a movie uh, can tell you that when they come into the theater and they sit down and the curtain rises or the movie starts, you're not just looking at a character's face, you're looking at everything around those characters and what's around them helps tell the story. So that's what I tell my home sellers. We want to help the house tell the story of uh, how other people can envision themselves living there. Oh, I like that. So what exactly is home staging? What is the purpose behind home staging besides telling this story? Like, why would someone want to come to you and say, can you please stage my home? That's a great question. And um, I'll, I'll answer that at first by telling you one of the biggest 
um, resistors to hiring staging are people who say, wow, I've done a great job decorating my home and it looks beautiful. And so I don't need a stager. We'll put it on the market for 30 days and just see how it goes. My response to those people, and it's usually effective, is when you decorate a home, you imbue a sense of personality into a home. You make the home tailored to the way you live and the things you love to surround yourself with. The purpose of staging is to take a home and turn it back into a house, a product that people can envision themselves living in and their families. So a lot of what home staging is, is for lack of a better term, depersonalizing a house, which is the complete opposite of decorating a house. Staging is a science based on taking any home or condo or living space and making it seem bigger and brighter, uh, making it appear to have or highlighting um, adequate storage and having it appear in such a way that it's neutral enough that there's nothing in any of the living spaces or the surrounding property that would put uh, a potential home buyer off from buying the home. That's kind of staging in a nutshell. It's fascinating to me because you're right. You don't think of the space you live in as, I mean, yes, you think of your personality being infused into it, but you don't think of it as having a negative impact on how other people might see it. Absolutely. And, you know, a realtor can go into a house, uh, meet with the home prospective home sellers, get the listing and say to them, you know, you might want to think about putting some of your personal things away, um, putting a more uh, plain colored bedspread on all of the beds and opening all the curtains and pulling up the shades to make the rooms brighter. But all that does is give homeowners the impression that the rooms are a little bit brighter and a little bit more organized, but it's still somebody else's house. Mm -hmm. um, they're also too close, literally and figuratively, they're too close to their decorating. They're too close to their home. I'm a um, passionate but dispassionate uh, person who can come in, take a look at a property, and I will see things in rooms and homes that you stopped seeing years ago because you walk right by it or you sit down in it. How a home looks, how a home smells is critically important. Uh, people's homes have a smell. Sometimes it's yeah. a wonderful smell. Sometimes it's not. If you have pets or cook particular kinds of foods or haven't had upholstery cleaned in a long time, you may not notice those things, but I will. Oh, that's interesting. Or if it's an older home, the smell of mothballs. Oh, absolutely. The home could be brand new, by the way, and you could smell overwhelmingly mothballs and cedar because that's just the decision some people have made regardless of age or antiquity of the home. That's a decision they've made about how they like to store their off-season clothes without realizing how pungent that odor can be and how off-putting it is to other people. Another issue with smells is some people believe if you use air fresheners, things like that, or potpourri um, to freshen up a room, that that'll do the trick. But a lot of people increasingly um, have sensitivities to smells, have allergies to certain scents. So 
um, taking scent out of a home is more important than putting a lovely smelling scent into a home. I'm learning mm -hmm. so much today. I love this. Um, <laughs> so how do you get your home ready to sell? Like if a person was going to, you know, have, they just found out they were had to relocate to another area for a job or some life event happened and they have to sell their home. How do, how does a person get ready? How do you, how do you grasp having to not only remove your personal items, but really change the entire scope of the inside and outside of your home? Well, a, typically a realtor will get a listing. If I'm working directly with a home seller, because I have two client bases, one uh, is the home seller, the other is the realtor. And I'll talk about the home seller first. A home seller will decide uh, that he or she is going to list the house for sale. If I'm co contacted by a home seller prior to them hiring a realtor, which often happens, uh, I'll go into a home and take a walk around for about, depending on the size of the home, anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. I pretty much have it down to a science. I'll look at the outside of the property and the inside of the property, every room in the house, storage spaces, attics, basements, crawl spaces, garages. I'll talk with the homeowner about what his or her objective is uh, and how involved they see an outside person like a home stager getting involved and helping them prepare their house for sale. I talk with them about their time frame. I talk with them about their budget and I can work within anybody's time frame and budget. After I do that little walkthrough, and that's what I call a walkthrough for estimate, I'll go back to my office and I will create an estimate that includes a plan for what I believe is needed for the home to get it ready for listing. That will include such things as repairs that I believe are needed so that a home is really marketable. Um, staging things that need to be done in terms of what furnishings should or should not be in a home, colors that should or should not be in a home, positioning of furniture, uh, landscaping things that have to be done outside. Um, it might be as simple as making sure the lawn is mowed and there's fresh mulch in gardens to you have overgrown trees that are blocking vents to dryers, things that people, again, they don't see. Mm -hmm. um, I'll bring that estimate back to the home seller and we will agree on what work, if anything, uh, the home seller would like me to do for or with him and her, him or her. Um, in uh, cases in which I work for a realtor, often uh, realtors will hire me as part of their listing package that they bring to a home seller. Uh, the realtor will say, hey, if you list with me, not only do I have my vast experience, my knowledge of this market, my connections, my ability to sell homes quickly, but as part of my package, you'll get a few hours, compliments of me, of a home stager's time. And I will come in and the realtor will pay for my time to spend a few hours with the home sellers to give him them advice on how to get their houses ready for sale. You only get um, one time to make a first impression. By the time someone decides to list their home for sale, hire a realtor, and have photographs taken that will appear on the multi-listing service, if they have not hired a stager or staged their home, um, it's pretty much almost too late in the game. And I say that because these days, uh, Realtor.com has done research that shows that 85%
of all homes that are viewed are viewed after they've been seen on the multi-listing service, either through Zillow or Realtor.com or one of these other consumer-driven websites for home sales. When people look at a multi-list uh, at a listing, the average listing gets eight to 15 seconds of attention online before a person will click on to the next listing. So people are making decisions on whether or not to come see your house in literally eight to 15 seconds. And if the home hasn't been properly staged so that the photographs look beautiful, it's a chain reaction. They won't come see your house. Another uh, issue is that home staging is becoming increasingly well known in America because of uh, networks like uh, HGTV. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much a foreign concept anymore. And I say that because if people say, you know what, I don't think I need to stage my house. I can do it myself. My house is decorated beautifully. I can guarantee you that somebody else in Central Bucks is, or anywhere in the United States, is staging their home. And that person and that home is your competition. Mm -hmm. So if you don't stage your home and someone else does, their home is automatically going to look better and brighter and um, more appealing than yours will. So it's a competitive, um, a competitive advantage now to stage your home. And you have some pretty profound statistics about homes selling faster and for top dollar when they have been staged compared to homes that were not staged. Do you not? Absolutely. Realtors themselves uh, in a survey by the National Association of Realtors that was done in February of 2019, realtors themselves said that homes that are staged can sell for upwards of 300% more um, than homes that are not staged. The average home that's staged sells 51% uh, faster than a home that is not staged. The average home that's not staged uh, is on the, market, on the market for 83 days on average. If we come in and stage homes that are not staged and linger on the market like that, after being staged, those homes that lingered for 83 days sell within 10. So wow. it's, it's profound. And um, over 50% of all homes that are staged sell at very close to or more than list price. So this increases a home seller's equity. If you wanna make more money from selling your home, you want the home to be one that people want. And the only way you can make the home people want is to make it look bigger, brighter, more organized, with more storage. The top three things people look for in a home, for example, are flooring. What's the quality of the flooring? What color are on the walls? And the third one is how much storage space is in the home. So these are all things that home stagers excel at. Wow, I love that because... I mean, we've only really moved one time as a married couple, and I remember mm -hmm. how how stressful it was. And our home, our first home, you know, was pretty sparse. We'd only been married for a few years, and um, but I think about that now, and you know, we've we always were very curious about the real estate industry, so we're always looking at homes online, and mm -hmm. it's we'll go right off if the pictures aren't good. Or, Absolutely. you know, it's not showcasing the home with a lot of natural light. And the first thing, if every room in the house is carpeted, we're like, no, 
we'd have to rip yeah. up every every piece of carpet. You know, we we immediately go to, oh my gosh, we'd have this, 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 and this to do if we moved into that home. So right. it's funny how you, you know, and you you really have to be able to see yourself in a, in your belongings in a space and remove their belongings from the space when you're when you're envisioning purchasing a home. Right. And I, and the same NAR study, National Association of Realtors study in February of 2019, um, uh, elicited a response. 61% uh, of home buyers, home searchers, are willing to pay more money for a home that requires very little to no work. So yeah. um, I'm not saying that a home stage, that anyone who gets their home stage has to do everything a stager says to do. Uh, there are some people who can't afford to rip up the carpets and refinish their floors before they sell their home, for example. However, a stager will work within the confines of somebody's time frame or budget or sometimes physical ability to live in a space that has to be improved. And we will find the things in a home that are the, uh, the stars of the home and we'll make those things shine. That doesn't mean we can get rid of problems or mask problems that are there. What it does is give potential home buyers things to focus on that perhaps lead them to overlook things like carpet throughout a house that they can't afford to do now, but know is possible to do later. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing, another thing is, you know, even home stagers can't um, solve the problem of where a home is situated. You know, you can change anything about a, a property, but its location. Let's shift just a little bit because I want to ask you because you're, uh, you've had your business for a long time and you've been doing staging for a long time. You really and truly are an expert at it, but you only recently really created a personal brand for yourself. Mm -hmm. So my question for you is, how has that changed your perspective of your business? Like, what has that meant to you? Hmm. I, I think the overriding thing is, you know, I really believe what you and your team have educated me on. And that is, we're no longer in an era in which we can sell a service. Anybody can fix a roof. Anybody can stage a home if he or she's been properly trained. People aren't buying the service anymore. They're buying the people behind the service. Um, and I think it's especially true in home staging because you're literally, as a customer of mine, welcoming me into your home and making yourself very vulnerable. Um, I'm going to tell you things that, um, if not done properly, might hurt somebody's feelings. Mm -hmm. uh, and Frankly, I'm a really great bad cop for realtors. Um, <laughs> they've done a lot of work over the years to make great reputations for themselves and to do fabulous jobs selling homes. Well, and it's it's funny that you say this because as I read your bio, you know, you have the the words in your bio are really words associated with your with your brand, but you combine creativity pragmatism, good humor, and compassion. So as you were just speaking, you know, being the good cop, bad cop, um, you, you have a way of communicating those things that you have those personality traits. You can do that gracefully and, you know, with kindness and, and humor so that people aren't totally taken aback or offended. And that's a great skill set to have. 
Thank you. So Nancy, with that being said, I mean, I know you have all these great personality traits. What does your accreditation offer in addition to just your, your natural creativity and, and personality and the gifts you have? What does the accreditation have that, and can other people that don't have the accreditation go in and stage homes? Well, anybody can quote unquote stage a home. And um, uh, my, I'll say it this way, my accreditation means that I have gone through an education program. An ASP, an accredited staging professional, is someone who has gone through a formal um, education program to learn the science of staging, uh, the rules of the road, as it were. Um, Anybody can say that he or she can stage a home. And a lot of people who are uh, primarily interior decorators uh, often stage homes successfully. Uh, they typically are decorators, however, who have learned over time and by um, reading uh, and studying home staging on their own, uh, the critical differences between decorating and staging. I've gone through a formal education program to do that. So I know not only the art of preparing a home for sale, but the science of what sells a house. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And it's different too than a home organizer or a home declutterer per se. It is because reorganizing and decluttering is just one component of a much larger project mm -hmm. that is staging a home for sale. Okay, so tell me this. What is one mistake that you made in your business that you would not wish anyone else to make? Only a mistake one. that, well, yeah, right. One, can you narrow <laughs> it to one? Um, but one that um, you learned from, of mm -hmm. course, and that, mm -hmm. you know, you would say, I don't want anybody else to make this mistake. I learned from it and here's what I learned. Okay. I, I can think of one right offhand. And that is when I started the business uh, over 10 years ago, and um, uh, worked probably, this was a mistake that probably spanned a few years. And that was, I worked almost, I worked exclusively for one broker, one realtor. Mm. And I was that realtor's competitive advantage back in a time when not a lot of other realtors offered staging. Had I the opportunity to do it over again, I would have cast a much wider net for clients and um, pursued not just the realtors as potential client bases, but the uh, but home sellers themselves. So I'm spending, now that my business is full-time, I'm uh, devoting a lot of time and resources to casting that wider net. Uh, I'm networking. I'm um, involved now in affiliate memberships with the Bucks County Association of Realtors, the National Association of Realtors, the uh, Chamber of Commerce here in Bucks County, uh, the Bucks Mott Chamber of Commerce, uh, a network marketing group. I'm spending a lot of time putting myself out there in front of potential customers, which really is what personal branding is all about. Mm -hmm. It's developing those relationships and putting your, yeah, being the face of your brand so that people can get to know you and understand you, but most importantly, to trust you. Right. And I, I would be thrilled if I didn't have to go to a networking meeting. I love it. I love people, but I'd rather use that time helping somebody sell their home. So um, I'm really looking to build relationships now that 
will result in referrals and word of mouth that obviate the need for me to advertise. Yes, which is brilliant because anytime we can do that and save the money on advertising and save the stress of, of having to continue to build a referral base, once we've established that, it makes things a lot easier. Absolutely. I think it's much more powerful to have somebody who's used my service talk about how fabulous it is than for me to place an ad in a publication telling people how fabulous I am. Exactly. That word of mouth is really critical. Very yeah. powerful, I should say. Absolutely. Um, so what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who was maybe involved in like a side hustle? They're still in corporate, but they're thinking about you know, creating this business and they're doing it on the side until they can quit their day job and become full time with their entrepreneurship or what would or advice that you would give someone starting out in the role of being an entrepreneur, a business owner of themselves? Hmm. Well, well, I think there are probably some vagaries of each kind of industry. Um, I, I think the overall one I would say is to just have courage, mm, have courage and do it because um, I could still be part-time right now, but having the courage to just do it um, is critical because you know the worst thing that happens is you fail. That's the absolute worst thing that happens. And then what do you do? You go back to your desk job or you go back to you know whatever you did before. You know how to do that. You know you can do it well. So, you know, we got one go around on this planet. And I tell my daughter this all the time. And I've told her, you, I've learned more from the times I've failed in my life than the times I've, in which I've succeeded. Isn't that the truth? It is. And you know what? It sounds really easy for me to say that. If someone's listening to this and they just can't quite make that decision to do it, I understand how it sounds because I'm somebody who's done it. But, um, I am somebody who's done it. I had to be brave. I had to be brave the first time I went to that audition in 2016. Yeah, kind of like I love that. Cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Think about right. what's the worst that can happen <laughs> and work your way backwards from that. And there you go, listeners. You just had your therapy session with Nancy. <laughs> and, that's, and that's included in my price. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. Okay, now for some silly questions. Are you a coffee or tea drinker? Oh, coffee all the way. Coffee all the way. Yeah, me too. Well, well, I have to equivocate. I'm hot coffee, cold tea. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm Just, not an iced coffee kind of girl. I'm a purist. Yeah, I like my hot coffee. In the summer, I'll sometimes have iced coffee, but I like iced tea. Yeah, me too, Same. man. Same. So I think I know the answer to this one, dog or cat. Oh, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got cute ones. Thank and what you. is what is one little guilty pleasure that you have that might surprise us? A guilty pleasure. As busy as I am, anytime I get a chance to sit for an hour and read, even if it's the back of a cereal box, I love to read. Yeah, I agree. Me too. And sometimes at night I want to read and I, I'll pick a book up and I'll start reading. And if it's a really good book, I can't put it down and then I can't go to sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we have a, a bookshop right here in town, Doylestown Bookshop. 
it is um, like nirvana to me. I walk in and I feel like a six-year-old in a candy store. I just don't know where to turn next because it all looks appealing to me. Oh, I'm the same way. I can get lost in bookstores for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Drives my kids crazy. Um, <laughs> so Nancy, do you have any questions for me? You know, I think I would appreciate hearing from you, especially since I've uh, just begun working with you. If you had advice for people who are listening to you, you're talking to me as somebody who's uh, expanding from part-time to full-time. What three piece of, pieces of advice would you give me as someone who is, uh, has already made the decision to go full-time, has built the brand? You know, what would you consider my next steps? So one of the biggest, most important thing is building relationships. And okay. anytime you have a business of your own or you are a brand of your own, you want to, like you said before, you know, people buy personalities. They don't buy the products and services. So you need to create content to engage your audience so that they can really and truly get to know you, like you, and trust you. And that mm -hmm. is all through building relationships and mm -hmm. whatever content you put out into the world. Okay. So that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is just to be present. And it, when I say be present, I don't mean you have to be on social media every single day, but be consistent and let people get to know you and know that you're going to show up for them. Okay. When you provide value and when you provide value, people are going to start really appreciating you and they're going to trust you more. Um, you've already taken a lot of the first steps for, mm -hmm. for having a really great and stellar personal brand because you, you did the photography, you, you've become the face of your brand, you are being present. So now it's just being consistent, showing up for your audience and providing through all of the content that you put out into the world is to um, be consistent and, and put content out that is valuable, it's entertaining, it's inspiring. Which, you know what, I think that's, I, I, you've, you've dragged me, you've pried my hands off of the cave door and, and dragged me into the world of technology and social media. And I will tell you, just as I'm getting more familiar with Instagram, for example, as a way to sell my business, there's a lot of stuff people put out there that seems to me to have nothing to do with who they are and what they're selling, but they'll post some, you know, adorable little meme or uh, forward some heartrending uh, video about a dolphin that was saved. And I think to myself, you know, it's great to connect with people, but it, I believe I would think it has to be purposeful. Mm -hmm. I I am a big. I like purposeful. I don't, you know, it's, it's great if it's something and there's a story behind it. Like I took my child to the aquarium and we saw this dolphin. And so this dolphin story really resonated with me because then it shows a little bit of personality. But when you are trying to grow a brand and sell a business online, you want to make sure that the first, you know, if it's the, this person's first introduction to you, we want to make, you want to make sure that that introduction is, is going to provide value to them and give them insight to who you are and what means mm -hmm. something to you. So mm -hmm. any, if you're going to post those kind of things, do so with intention, you know, intention to show them part of your personality. So don't just post a meme or post a video, 
say something about it that reflects who you are and your personality, which is part of your personal brand. That's a great, that's a great suggestion. Yeah, because you're, you're right. There are things that people can post that can help tell their story. What confuses me uh, are the ones in which people just post something because it tugged at their heartstrings, but doesn't really tell me anything more about them than that they're a compassionate person, which mm -hmm. is great. But how does that relate to their business? Right, right. And then the other thing that I would say is imperative to having a successful business because social media is amazing and it's free marketing and everyone should take advantage of that. But at any given point, social media could go down or all of your content there could be lost. So you want to establish an email list so that you have an ability to have constant contact with your customers or your potential customers. And that email list, you, you may be sending it out for six months and not get business off of it, but what could happen in those six months is you could have 10 referrals. Or mm -hmm. down the road in the next six months, three people could hire you plus 10 referrals. So that's one thing that I always recommend is to have your email list. And to do that, you can start as simple as the people that are in your contacts right now. Um, anyone mm -hmm. you think that could be a referral source to you, put them on your email list. You send out a mass email, show them your new brand, your new logo, and have a picture of yourself there as a reminder of who you are and tell them about your business. And if they want to unsubscribe, there's the option to unsubscribe at the bottom of the email and they can unsubscribe, no offense taken, but you have everybody else on that list that you can constantly communicate with. Yeah, that's, that's fabulous advice. Nancy, it has been great having you. I learned so much from you today and I know my listeners will have learned a lot too. So thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. And you know, Robin, thank you not only for the opportunity today, but thank you for being a really important part of my brand and for helping me build it as I transition to full time. So thank you for everything. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. Before you go, have we connected on Instagram yet? If not, what are you waiting for? Find me at the Robin Graham. It's Robin with a Y. And take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your stories so that I can find you too. You can also find me on Facebook at Robin Graham Photography and on LinkedIn as Robin Graham. I hope you'll follow me in those places so that we can stay connected and I can get to know more about you as well. And remember, if you found this information helpful or think a friend might enjoy it, please spread the word. Until next time, remember to smile.